every day was a struggle to get up. Uh, uh, I wasn't getting anything done. I felt very mindless, right? So I, ha I have an engineering background. I like to solve problems. And I felt like I wasn't doing any of that. I actually said to myself, I can't believe I have this title and they pay me this amount of money to basically do nothing. <laughs> Welcome to the Quit Work Podcast, 15-minute conversations with people who have quit their job and gone their own way. I'm Mark, and today I'm talking to Rob Santoro, who quit what he calls a big fancy titled job with an employer that had changed from dynamic startup to multinational corporation to go back to working with small businesses. Rob, welcome to the Quit Work Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me today. Tell us a little bit about that job that you quit and how you came to be working in that job. Sure thing. So uh, I guess I'll go all the way back to the beginning. Um, right out of college, I started at a really small uh, engineering company uh, in the nuclear power industry. And there was less than 10 folks there. It was a really neat startup type company. Because we were so small, uh, it was very energetic. It was very dynamic. I was one of the first software developers hired, but we quickly realized we needed some organization, some structure. So yep. we had no source control. We had no process, nothing. So it was really fun to take that on as a challenge and to help grow the, the business. So I got to not only be the software engineer, but then a software leader, software manager uh, into business development, uh, going to meet customers, talking with engineering challenges, conferences. Yeah all the way through the whole spectrum of, of running a small company and growing that small company. Yeah, it's an amazing opportunity to be in on a startup at such an early stage because you can really grow in your career as the, the startup itself grows. Absolutely. It was, it was a fantastic experience. I feel like at a young age, I had uh, gotten so much experience doing so many different things that some people spend an entire career trying to get to and I was able to do that pretty young pretty early so uh, it was a ton of fun as a result of that fun and hard work though the company did grow which is what we wanted it to so we grew it yeah. from those 10 or so folks all the way up to more than 300 uh, and after about I don't know I'd say 13 years of that or so we were acquired by a big company yeah uh, a really big company, one that 50,000 plus employees. It was a whole new world, a whole new experience for me. So um, I, I went into it with an open mind, uh, but uh, we, I went from somebody that had direct control and was able to actually get things done to becoming, um, you know, what I felt like a cog in the machine. I, I, was, I was in management, I was in executive management, but it was a lot of just uh, talking and figuring out what levers I could pull to make anything happen in the bigger corporation. It really struck me one of the things that you wrote in your Indie Hackers article about this, that you became someone who updates Excel spreadsheets, communicates status, talks in meetings all day long, essentially getting no real work done. Exactly. That's all I was in. I would say probably more than 85% of my day was internal meetings, um, updating status, you know, coming up with plans and contingency plans, but never, never actually implementing the plans, just talking about <laughs> plans. Yeah. And on top of that, there was a lot more, um, I struggle to find the right words. I don't, I don't like politics or just a lot more. Um, people had their kind of boxes in there and then people would be upset if you, if they felt like you were encroaching in those areas. And instead of working yeah. together as a team, people were very protective of their, 
of their area and nobody would look at things from the big picture but just from their little box and then you know you would get a lot of you can't do that or you can't do this whereas when we were in control of the business ourselves we could do whatever we needed to do to be successful so on the one hand we had these high growth targets they acquired us because we were such a young dynamic fast-paced growing company and they wanted us to influence their big organization in that way and continue to grow but at the same time we were implementing process that we just couldn't be the same anymore for people who are perhaps earlier in their careers listening to this might think, and I know you're you're aware of how this can sound sometimes, might think, well, that's the kind of job I'm trying to get into right now. It's strange how once you get there, your work life becomes very different. You're doing a very different job and it becomes a lot more, as you say, a lot more political. You're doing a lot less of the actual work and it can really have an effect on you. So so talk a little bit about how how that did affect you. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely right. So I shifted from my travels to go talking with uh, customers solving problems to internal discussions. And I spent all day long, you know, uh, trying to answer questions and updates. Like we talked about update status, my work-life balance completely diminished from doing fun things I enjoyed to <laughs> yeah, really not doing much at all that I enjoyed. So it was hard for me to get out of bed. I was like, oh, I don't feel like doing all this stuff again today. There's nothing There's nothing exciting. It wasn't exciting me at all anymore. And I get back to your point when and I, this went through my mind. I said, you know, there are so many people, especially young folks, that would love to have this job or love to have this career. So I wrestled with that a bit. I said, am I, am I the crazy one here because I'm not enjoying what I think so many people would love to get to? And I met a lot of those people in... The big company I was in, you know, young, energetic yeah. uh, individuals trying to figure out the big corporate machine. But I felt like that the experience that they were going to get was much different than the experience I was able to get working in that smaller organization. And I got to do a lot of different things. I could see I could see some of these young folks in this big corporation trying to figure out one lane for 10 to 15 years as they grow as they grow into that one path and not having many options to get a wide experience on doing lots of different things. Yeah, absolutely. Which is so crucial at an early stage in your career, getting that kind of wider experience so that you can see the different parts of what your career could be, the different directions that you could go in. Yes, absolutely. So that's why I tried very carefully to say I wasn't complaining about um, yeah. what I was doing. And and the company is a great company. I don't want to make out the company to be the evil, <laughs> any yeah. evil company. It, it is a good company. They do cool things. But I felt like it wasn't for me. So I was I was really getting to that point, like I mentioned, where every day was a struggle to get up. Uh, uh, I wasn't getting anything done. I felt very mindless, right? Yeah. So I, ha- I have an engineering background. I like to solve problems. And I felt like I wasn't doing any of that. I actually said to myself, I can't believe I have this title and they pay me this amount of money to basically do nothing. <laughs> I, I yep. could have done this job with no experience. <laughs> this is yep. This is not what I thought I'd be doing with my life. So you say it took about six months to finally pull the trigger. So so tell me about those six months before you quit and what was going through your mind. There was a lot going through my mind in those six months. Part of it was, like I said, am I being crazy for feeling this way? Should I be grateful for the opportunities I have? And I was. You know, why was I not satisfied enough? And there were things like, you know, would it be a mistake from walking away from this this job, you know, should I continue trying to like work hard to 
climb the corporate ladder of this company, which is a guaranteed known that I would have a salary and benefits and all that stuff that goes along with it. But there's also a bit of unknown because you're really at the mercy of the of the big company, right? When the when the economy's down or when the the shareholders or the board decides that they need to cut or change your group, you know, you're it's a very quick decision. You really have no control or impact into that. So there's never anything guaranteed in life, right? So so I went through some of that and I said, what would it mean to walk away? Part of it too was for me, I guess I was almost conditioned to think that uh, you know you 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 grow up. You go to college, you get a good job, and then you work your way up in that to, to get to a certain level of your career. And, and so there's a bit of this, I don't know if ego is the right word, but there is an ego thing out there that says, okay, I've made it to this. I'm a vice president at a big fancy company, right? So what happens now when I'm basically unemployed and working for myself? You know, what, <laughs> yeah. what is that? So now it's no longer, I can't say when you're out at, you know, uh, meeting folks for the first time, what do you do? It's like, well, I'm basically unemployed, but I'm starting my own company. So yeah. <laughs> there was a bit of wrestling with that, you know, and that, that to me, I think is just part of the ego overcoming that aspect. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that's often underestimated. People think about the money, that's obviously important. But once you get to that level in the company, it does, it feels good. It feels good that you've managed to make it that far and that there are people reporting to you and there are people relying on you. And to switch from that to, okay, well, I'm on my own now and I don't have any income coming in. I have no kind of validation that what I'm doing in the world is good. It's a big step. It, it, it was, it was absolutely... Now, I was very fortunate. I was always cautious with, with my money, so I saved well. So I, I, yeah. I, I, I set myself up so that I could make that leap. So, so part of it was there, was there was a money concern, but then on the other end of it, I kept saying to myself, you know, I have some savings. I can do this. You read all this. You read so many different things online, right? There's so many different opinions. Like some say you should start your side hustle first and then quit. Others say go for full, you know, full into it. Uh, so there was a lot of what is the right path for me? What should I do? Uh, and that's when I finally decided is I can't do, I can't do, I spend 60 hours a week in this job uh, and I won't be able to spend the type of uh, energy that I need to spend on a side hustle to get it to grow where I need to, to grow. And part of it turned into, com- I don't want to say complaining, but I felt like I was complaining to my friends yeah. and family. And I got tired of saying the same things over and over again, right? So when you, when you're, not feeling right and you're just saying the same things but but you're not changing anything then you start to realize something was wrong (laughs) that's a really interesting dynamic isn't it i've found that as well in the past when i'm complaining to my friends about my job you know my my complaints i think were valid but it gets to a point where it's like mark you've got to either do something about this or stop complaining because otherwise you're just going to be the complaining person and that's not how i want to be to my friends so it's an interesting dynamic Absolutely, I did not want to be that that person. And my one friend, a very close friend, kind of just said it straight up like that. They uh, maybe I won't use the same language that they use, but uh, you know, basically, get off the pot. You know, you got to do something, right? <laughs> yeah, expression. It's also interesting how suddenly that goes away the moment that you quit. The the moment that uh, you have nothing more to complain about. Suddenly, I I don't complain to my friends anymore. I I don't complain to them about anything anymore since I quit my job and life is good. And it just makes me feel so much better about how I am as a person and how I am as a friend that I'm not doing that anymore. I agree. Yeah. And, and, and after, so it was, it was this big six months of deliberation. And then once it was done, it was a sense of relief and, and I haven't looked back since. So I've been very happy and pleased 
there's still some uncertainty, but uh, it's it's been a lot of fun then since then. What was the um, the thing that finally kind of brought you to that decision point and made you say, okay, that's it. I'm going to tell my boss tomorrow. My boss knew that I wasn't happy, uh, that I was struggling with a lot of the, a lot of the changes. Uh, like I mentioned a bit ago, the, the the company was actually changing its own dynamics. So our group was now being sold <laughs> off to another big company, and oh, okay, I looked at that, and I had already worked at that other big company when I was in college as an internship or a co-op type thing. So I said, well, okay. I've already been at that company before, and I feel like <laughs> my career is coming full circle. And I remember what that company was like. It could be different now, but I don't think I want to go through this. You know, the the acquisition the first time was very interesting. I guess I'll say it was difficult, and then I didn't want to go through that again. So that helped make the decision. I said, look it's time for me to do something else. I've been doing this for a very long time. I love the people I worked with. That immediate, those folks that we worked together to build that company with originally, we were still kind of together in the, in, once we were acquired. So it, it was hard to leave those people because I, I felt like you know, we, were, we were almost like a family. They relied on me, I relied on them, and I felt like I was letting them down. But at the end of the day, you look back and say, this is, this is my life. I have to be happy. I can't do this to make other people happy. And I don't want to have any regrets when I look back. The easy path would have been staying. The much harder path was I'm going to try something on my own. But yeah. I think it's a much more rewarding path to take that risk. Yeah. For me personally, it was at least. Yeah. <laughs> to say a little bit more about um, how you set yourself up financially, I saw that you wrote another article on Indie Hackers, how I saved enough money to take three years off. Uh, and I think this also is important to to talk about for people contemplating such a big step as quitting their job. So say a little bit more about that. Honestly, it was my, I have to thank my mo- my mother for this because she was an old fashioned, you know, you have to save, save your money, save your money. Uh, <laughs> don't spend yep. a lot of money. Even as a kid, she would make me feel, I mean, this isn't the right way to say it, but she would make me feel guilty for spending a nickel on something I didn't need. <laughs> right. So I would say she conditioned or programmed me into adulthood to say that uh, I have to be smart with my money. Yeah. So as soon as I started to earn money, I started to save it, uh, save and invest. Now, you only do live life once, so so there's a balance there. I, I didn't want to be so strict that I could never enjoy life, right? So I, I still, from time to time, what, you know, I would go out with friends or, or do things like that were fun. But at the, on the same token, I understood where my money was, I was investing and saving. You know, if I didn't need the latest whatever, I wouldn't go buy it. And there's so many examples of those things, especially now it's harder. I think with social media, you see everybody with their fancy cars and you know, you want that fancy car too, but do you need that fancy car? Do you need to spend that much money on a car? Can you live off public transit? I mean, cars are a huge expense. I still see younger folks spending way too much money on a car. Then I say, why why do you need that? But, you know, phones and the, and the going out to eat, you know, I just really made sure I understood where those things were going. Uh, I did, I was able to buy a house, but again, I didn't buy the biggest, fanciest houses that I could have afforded, right? Based on my income and salary, the bank says you could buy this house. But I was like, wow, that's a lot of house. And what am I going to do with that much house? Uh, and that's a lot of money. Can I, can I buy something a little bit less and then fix it up and get some extra equity out of it? So just making smart decisions on how to spend my money. I mean, I've made lots of, I've learned a lot of lessons. I'm not saying every decision I made was a smart one. So yeah. <laughs> I've made lots of stupid decisions. The net effect was trying to be somewhat intentional with how I spent my money versus just just spending it like there was no tomorrow. 
you know, you do only live once, but at the at the end of the day, you also have hopefully a long life to live. So you try to plan it out a little bit so that you can balance the chips appropriately. <laughs> so now, after quitting your job with uh, the multinational corporation, you're you're back working with small businesses. I am. So one of the experiences I had at that small company, uh, and this was early two thousands. So before we had words like cloud or SaaS. We basically ran the company very manually, right? So we didn't have much software. And so we had to develop tools to do work management, task management. Uh, how does that link into finance and how we you know, spend money to uh, uh, opportunity tracking or pipeline, right? So all those things we did kind of on our own in various databases or Excel spreadsheets. Nowadays, there's a lot of great SaaS tools that do a lot of those individual functions. And so when I left the big company, I did take a little break just to cool down because I, you know, I just wanted to, I was feeling a little burnt out. And so I took a little break just to relax and think about what I wanted to do. And I had this thought in the back of my mind. So I was talking with some of my friends in the local, in my, in my local area, they run some businesses, completely different businesses than what I was in. So one was a law firm. Uh, one was a, a landscaper. Uh, one was a, uh, a, a friend that runs a, um, vacation rental property on the beaches in Delaware. So, oh, yeah. so various, various friends that, that are their own entrepreneurs running small businesses. And what I noticed, they were still kind of struggling with the same challenges that we were in the early 2000s where we had all these individual uh, access databases or spreadsheets trying to track stuff. So they may have a great CRM tool yeah. and then they may have a good finance tool but they were pulling the data, if they knew how, they were pulling the data out into Excel and trying to manipulate it and link it together so they could say, okay, I spend this much time on sales. I should charge this much for this type of activity to recover that. And, and everything was still very manual for them. So I said, there's got to be, we are in you know, 2020, this was two years ago. So we're, yeah. we're in the age where it's the data age, it's the information age. There's got to be something out there that does this automatically for them. Uh, and there are a lot of tools out there that that are um, analytics tools, but you have to be the expert in analytics and be the IT person and know how to pull the data. So I wanted to give small businesses a hub where they could do all that for them automatically. Pull the information that, that they have into, into one place and then analyze it automatically for them without using words like analyze and data analytics. <laughs> they usually say, okay, you're special like looking at that landscaper, he's like, all right, you're not talking my language. You're speaking something that I'm not going to get any value out of. But that's where I wanted to focus. And so yeah. I've, been, I've been bootstrapping a tool, a hub to do just that. So just one last question for you, Rob. Um, how has quitting your job changed how you think about your life both now and into the future? It's, it's changed quite a lot. So prior to quitting, I felt like I was on autopilot. Right? I was just doing the same thing over and over again and life was moving fast so all of a sudden I looked back and I was in my late 30s uh almost 40 and I said you know what what have I done uh I've done a lot but like now I I actually appreciate the 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 moments of what I'm doing I feel just much happier much more satisfied again it still goes fast but uh now it's I'm doing things that I feel like I have more control of maybe it's a control thing yeah but I feel like my fate's in my control, and uh, it's challenging, but I like challenges, right? Life would be boring if we just 
could sit around and not have anything hard to do. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've been much more appreciative of that. And I've been able to slow down a bit, uh, get out of that big corporate grind and kind of focus more on doing something, not just for me, but what I feel like could help other people. Right. So helping, helping others makes a lot of satisfaction. So, so I, I, I feel much more content now, I guess the biggest changes. I feel happy. <laughs> Well, uh, best of luck with your new business enterprise. Listeners, if you'd like to uh, connect with Rob, you can reach him on Twitter at Robert Santoro. So that's Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T. Santoro is S-A-N-T-O-R-O. Rob, thanks so much for joining me on the Quit Work Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Quit Work Podcast. I love talking to people who have taken the bold step of quitting their job to start living their true life. Join me for a fresh conversation every week. Subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel at quitworkprojects.com. And if you have any comments on this episode, or if you'd like to tell your own quit work story, I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at quitworkproject.com or on Twitter or Instagram at quitworkproject. I hope you too find your way to quitting work and living your true life.